Hello, hi. So, welcome to my podcast. I've been meaning and meaning to do a podcast and I've actually recorded multiple takes for different books and it never just felt right. So, you know, I figured I'd never get this thing perfected and it's just better I start right away, regardless of how weird and silly I find it. So today I am going to be reviewing and speaking about one of the books I had read from Facebook. You know how, especially with South African writers or African writers, they branch out on Facebook and they write in PDF form and that's how they get the word around. So today I'll be speaking about Simpue Mulaba's Fifi. No, Sia and Fifi's love story. It was on Facebook around 2014, 2015. I was also a fan. There's a sequel to it. There's also When Life Gives You Lemon. I've read that one as well. So I love that book so much. To be honest, I think I read it more than once. I think it will be safe to say that I think since I had discovered those PDFs, I've probably read them about two to three times. That's how good they were. So when I saw the book at store, it was on a sale. I was just like, you know what? Let me support this lady because she's done so much um, and her work is so good. So even if it's the same book, nothing has changed. It does not matter. I should just support. It's, it's an amazing thing to do. So I bought the book. It is nothing like I expected. So I'll just give you a synopsis of what happened on the first book. So on the first book, um, it's about Fifi and Sia, obviously. Fifi, I'm not sure what she did in the first book, but she's in the financial sector. She does people's portfolios and stuff like that. She's like an investment um hedge fund person thing. And Sia is a businessman who has a multi your know, million rand company and you know they hit it off she lends her she lends his file or his business and becomes his uh, financial advisor great and while she works there she has a friend as well called Sizwe he's in the legal department so they're very close but she also has friends outside of work so her life is coming together she has her her house or a house to her name somewhere in Rosebank and she drives like an Audi A3 and her life is like together she has her shit together she is the girl anyway so you know while they start dating there's a bit of complications and, you know, in the past, one of her ex, ex-boyfriends um, left her. It was like an ex-husband, but they were never legally married. It was like a traditional wedding of some sort. So he left and she never heard from him ever again. So fast forward, she started dating, you know, um, Sia and everything is going well. Then, you know, there's incidents and situations and eventually, we end up finding out that Sia is not just your regular millionaire. He's like a bag in a suit, like a proper, you know, undercover G-unit. <laughs> and, well, he's, he's, it's, it's, it's a legalized thing, so it's not really a thug thug. He works for intelligence and stuff like that. Okay, cool. That's okay. Um, they date and, you know, they get married very quickly and it's, it's, it's a roller coaster ride. There's pregnancies, there is miscarriages, there are memory losses, there are gunshots and, you know, parents dying and being killed. 
there's just a lot going on. But in the end, I think it, it, it all came together. The guy was genuine from get-go. He never wanted to leave her side, um, even though he had baby mama drama and the baby mama was a handful. But Fifi find a way, found a way to be close to Sia's son and somewhat end up raising the son as her own because the baby mama is just a handful. And we also learn about the other agents. There's somebody called um, Bullet. That's, yo, that's complex. I don't know if I should, t- <laughs> I don't know if I should tell the whole story because I don't want to ruin the book for people. There's bullets. Uh, Fifi ends up finding out that her ex didn't actually leave her voluntarily. She, he was dragged into the, the unit and he did not want to leave. And the only reason why, you know, Sia and them came into her life was because they were looking for him because he had left claiming to want his wife back. So there's that whole issue and there's this whole fighting of some sort, but eventually they make peace with it. The ex accepts that Fifi is no longer his and he starts dating somebody new, Bonnie, and they have a great time. They also have a family of their own. It's just a beautiful, lovely story in between gunshots and bullets and, you know, violence. It's just nice. And um, at the end, Fia, Sisi, Fifi, Fia, mixing both their names. So Fifi, you know, they have children, it's a family at the end, but like in the middle, the chaos. <gasps> Jesus Christ, the chaos. I mean, it was chaos for days. And, you know, she initially did not get along with the mother in law because the mother in law was very close with um the the baby mama, and that also in its own had issues and drama for days i was just like you know this was actually a very 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 nice read i enjoyed it so i went and bought the book the cover is a deep blue if not a very light navy it's a wave like one of those dangerously big ass waves there's a wave and then the emerging ocean sickle and sia and fifi's love story is written in a light purple and even Simpiwe Mulaba, the writer's name is at the bottom, written, written in light purple. So the back reads, When an innocent girl from a small town of Ikwakwa meets mysterious business mogul Sia, her life takes a 180 degrees turn. There's no such thing as a chance encounter. Fifi discovers this during her whirlwind journey of professional realization, finding love and surviving loss. She is thrust into the art into the eye of the storm and forced to question her views on life as she navigates her new norm. From the stock markets to underground secret agents and government conspiracies, Fifi must be fast-footed if she wishes to survive in this cutthroat environment. Thank God Sia is with her in every step of the way, her knight in shining armor. Hmm. Sia Sia and Vivi's love story is the first of the three-part romance and action thriller book series. The lines between right and wrong, black and white, good and bad are constantly probed. Will these lovebirds, will these two lovebirds survive it all? Can they become where two oceans meet? This is actually a nice sum up, I think, at the back. Because I feel like also for people who had read it, this is unexpected. And I think for people who had not read it before, it's intriguing. You'd be like, oh, 
okay, what is this about? There's love, there's guns, there's violence. All is good, hallelujah. This is this is what you want in a book. Like everything is in the book. But I'm still not decided whether <laughs> I am happy or sad about these changes. The book is very different. Very fucking different from the first one. And I think Simpua, the writer, did a good thing because it also showed how deep her her her, her skill and her, her her depths go from you know writing from Facebook to being a published, you know, successful writer. So I think it says a lot about her writing skills, which is beautiful that she managed to pretty much write the same story, but very differently. The way that they meet, very, very different. Um, I think also the way that I meet, Fifi has, you know, the less upper hand. In the story, Fifi is a very, you know soft and um fragile girl and she's a damsel in distress yes she's feisty and yes she tells people where to get off but in terms of circumstance she's just placed in a position where she's not as powerful as she used to i mean she used to drive an audi a3 now she drives like a a mere toyota taz a yellow little taz and she doesn't own her house she's renting somewhere I think the story is more realistic in a sense of, I think most of us at the age of 26, 27, we're still struggling to find our footing and, you know, we're still just getting in into our careers. And some of us are not even in our careers just yet. We're just literally at jobs that we don't even like. So that was more relatable. This physical hard copy is more relatable. Um, I think I was just so in hammered with the daydream and the fantasy from the first one the first one was so out of reach and so glamorized and just so fancy i was like yes but to be honest this girl is more relatable um her parents i think also in this one the relationship with her parents um they go into it a lot deeper we found out why she's like this um her parents they had a beautiful you know section where we just knew that they were lovely people in the first book we knew the mom was feisty but you know we didn't get a, a good glance of who they were so this book i think that they did well on the side and also the baby mama sia's baby mama is not such a bad person <laughs> Sia's baby mama is not such a bad person on this book. No lie. I was so surprised. She actually has a backstory. She's not as violent. She's not as loud and aggressive as she was in the first one, which I think was refreshing because I think we can we can all have women in roles in the same book and not have them be villainized um, and not have them be, you know, the bitch of the story. We can have multiple women in a book and even though they don't agree on things they don't have to villainize each other so i feel like that was nice about this one because you know in the first one no ways the baby mama was such a villain she was such a bitch um but also the way that this book ended it did not end the same way the pdf did you know the pdf somewhat summed everything up like was an ending it literally was an ending with the kids and you know couple of years later, I think like five years later, saying that, you know, looking back, we made it. This one, 
it literally is a cliffhanger. It ends mid-air. Half of the things that, you know, happened or how they ended in the first one are not here. So there is a sequel called When Life Gives You Lemon. But also with that, it was not long about Fifi and Sia. Life Gives You Lemon is about one of the agents, um, ex, his name is Nati, and how he falls in love with somebody else. So it's somebody else's journey, Didi. It's somebody else's journey into loving somebody that's, you know, a multi-millionaire and that's also in the intelligence. Like, they also have their own struggles. Sia and Fifi make an appearance here and there, but it's not about them anymore. So I feel like the way that this one ended, Life Gives You Lemon, the hard copy book, Life Gives You Lemons, I don't think it it's also the same way as it was before. Odds are it's a continuation of this one and somehow they integrate Nati and Zidi into it because they started even integrating Nati and Zidi into this one. And by the way that they made on this here book, the first book, I know for a fact that the second book, When Life Gives You Lemons, is not going to be about them. Everything is so different. I was so shocked. I think every... I think every two to three pages, I was just like, stop, stop. It was so different. And I think mainly for the fact that the first PDF book from Facebook, I probably read it more than like once. No, I'm not even saying probably. I did. I read it multiple times. I was so enamored with the intimacy of it all. His, his affections, um, even in the agency, like the things that he would do. Um, the small things, I mean, the, this book, the physical copy, the published one, the legit one, their first date, there is a murder, like Sia murders somebody. I'm just like, wait, no, <laughs> wait, what? No, he was just using her as an, as an alibi. He actually kills somebody on the first date. What the hell? No, 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 no. And fuck, no. I was like, I think this one lacked a lot of intimacy. And I think it's because it's very stretched. Like I mentioned, it doesn't end with the, the children and the five years later, hey, we made it. Um, because there's also memory loss. And, you know, in the first book, everything was fine at the end. With this one, memory, memory loss is literally where things end. So it's they don't end up together. Um and I think it was a good shot for her because now it makes me question how everything ended because it's not the same book as the first PDF Facebook book. So I will definitely probably buy When Life Gives You Lemons. As much as I like the PDF more, I will I will buy the book. <laughs> Merely based on the fact that this woman, Simpiwe Mulaba, is such a great writer. You know, even when we were reading the P PDFs from Facebook, they had spelling errors, they had grammar errors, they, you know, they had a lot of things that would make somebody like me, somebody who reads on a regular, not even enjoy the book. Like, like there were so many things that I could pinpoint. But when I tell you that I could read past that, like, I, I do not complain. I don't think I ever complained. When I first got the book, I was just like what is this shit that you're giving me with so many errors? And that was like the first page. But once I got into the books, I never mentioned again the way it did not matter 
Ngakona. I think that says a lot about a writer. Um, her story, her storytelling skill is like on par. It's like top tier, and she managed to capture you know, the whole audience, because this isn't just me obsessed with the writer from Facebook. There's like a gang of us, like a whole, like God, like a whole gang, like a fan base, a huge fan base. And I think that's also why she, she published an actual physical book because we're here, you know, Sla, we are here for her. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely buy the second book. When life gives you lemons, just to find Wooty, how does this one actually end? Because I was like, I don't know. I feel like this book lacked so much intimacy and so much detail. And with PDFs, it was a lengthy read. I think it was like a thousand and something pages as a PDF. So I think that's why she was able to put so much detail onto it because this one literally is just 311 pages, which is your normal standard book page. But I feel like for me to actually be satisfied and for me to remain a fan, I need to get When Life Gives You Lemons just to finish the whole thing. But I honestly thought there was nothing. I don't want to say intriguing. But for somebody who's read the first one, I'm still stuck on the first one. That's why I'm buying the second one. In hopes that it will redeem some of the qualities that the first PDFs had. And I think for a new reader, those fresh eyes, somebody who has never read Sia and Fifi, this is a motherfucking good read. <laughs> Honestly, for somebody who has never read Sia and Fifi's story, this is a motherfucking good read. And I think I only have reservations because I'm doing a whole comparison thing. And also I know myself, if she had released the same book, the PDF version book, like with nothing changed, I would have been like, but girl, didn't you just want to maybe like add some changes here and there? Like I know myself, I would have wanted some change, but I think this change was drastic because nothing is the same. Like nothing is the same. So I'm definitely buying the second book just to find, you know, some comfort in it to see that maybe if something will click, that will remind me of the first book. I'm definitely buying the second one. So in terms of rating it, thing is, I don't even know if I should. I, I told you guys too much about the book because also when when reviewing a book, I don't want to spill what happens in the book. So I, let me see if I can find maybe a couple of paragraphs to rephrase for you guys, just so you can get a sense of 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 how the book is. Okay. No, you know what? No, I'm not going to ruin the book. The woman is a great writer. The book is very different from the first one. So if you read the Facebook PDFs and you love them, you're going to feel a way about these ones. And if you have never read it, go ahead and buy the book. It's amazing. But I really think everybody should read it. People who like romance, people who like a bit of intrigue and a bit of violence and drama and suspense. This one had a lot of suspense. I think because I think the first one because Sia was was so intimate and we really got to know Sia, the suspense was there, but it was it was it was quick and it it went very quickly. It went as fast as it came. 
because of the intimacy of it all. So this one, there's a lot of suspense that drags on for a long time. I don't know if it drags on because it drags on or it drags on because I was reading them with old eyes on some, wait, but this should be happening now. And then it doesn't happen. I'm like, whoa, whoa, this should be happening. But then it doesn't happen. So there's that. So I think from an old reader, somebody who has read the book before, I'm giving this one a three out of five merely based on the fact that I still love the PDF more, the Facebook version. But from fresh eyes, somebody who has never read the book, I will definitely give it like a 4.5. <laughs> 4.5. Uh, She's a great writer, without a doubt. There's also a, a bit about the author at the back. It says that Simpe Mulava is the author of Emerging Ocean's sequel. She was born in Johannesburg, but spends most of her life in her grandmother's house in Ikwakwa. She began writing on Facebook in 2016. Her Facebook stories, which will be published in sequence, are Sia and Vivi's Love Story and When Life Gives You Lemons. The third book in this sequel will be The Dead Collector. I actually don't know that one. I know that at, at, on the first PDF of When Life Gives You Lemons, the second book, one of the agents as well was starting to fall in love. So I don't know if the debt collector is about his story or it's something completely different. So I wouldn't mind if it's something completely different because I actually have never read it. So probably, probably I will, odds are, yes, odds are I will buy all three books at some point. Okay. And it carries on to say, apart from being an author, she is a wife, a mother, and a black girl in South Africa, determined to show the world that in every dream lies tangible reality and i think that's beautiful because she there's also a note inside in terms of like the acknowledgements the acknowledgements is just her thanking her fan base on facebook and i think that that says a lot that she literally just started i think also with her she didn't think this was going to go anywhere maybe she hoped but i don't think she thought it was going to be this big and it would have this effect on so many people so the fact that she acknowledged that like her whole acknowledgement page was just thanking her fans on facebook is beautiful and just i think also for me the story is amazing she literally wrote her way to success she didn't think nothing was going to come out of it and then here we are now she has a book and i love it we love it so props to her for sure and i can't wait to buy when life gives you lemons i'm not certain i actually should have googled this before i started i'm not certain if when life gives you lemons is out yet um but because I haven't seen it in bookstores and I go to a bookstore at least once every month, if not every six weeks. So it's fine, man. It, it, I don't regret buying it. I don't regret buying it. And I, it's it's not just her. A lot of writers that I've loved from Facebook, like Kiriboni. Is it Kiriboni D? Gedi. Um, she's also a writer from visionary writing, uh, visionary writings. I would buy her books any day. Same as Dudu Busani, um, the writer of the Shlomo series. I read three of her books as PDF versions and the minute I could, I got my hands on the physical hard copies because you know what? These, those books deserve to be collected and stored somewhere. They are part of South African literature history and, um, they are 
are written by amazing women. Um, the stories are amazing. So yeah, I, I feel like even if you had read the PDF versions, if you loved it, if you genuinely loved it, you, you should buy this one. As different as it is from the first one, it's that good. Um, the writers are that good. So yeah, I have done so many takes on so many different books and this is the one book where I feel like I'm not going to do a different take because I've been wanting to publish my work, but I just have imposter syndrome and, you know, the quality is never, you know, the way I want it. It's never my way. So, you know, at this point, it does not fucking matter. I'm posting this thing and thank you for listening to my podcast. This will be my first episode, episode posted and I'm very happy um, that it was a book that had so much memories for myself and for a lot of women that I worked with and a lot of women I socialized with because we've spoken about these books before and a lot of us are you know are into this thug in suits genre so <laughs> so yes Sia and Fifi's love story Sia and Fifi's love story by Simpi Mulaba great read thank you for joining me Hi everyone and welcome to my second episode of Booked Up With Naledi Mtichane. Today we are booked up with Sikhe Bolani's We Are The Ones We Need and I'd like to just say thank you so much for joining me again, especially the people that were here from the first episode, my friends and family who gave me feedback and inputs on how to polish and somewhat make this podcast nicer, I guess. Um, I appreciate everyone from taking the time to just listen to the podcast. So I'll get straight to the point because the last podcast was a tad bit lengthy and I just, you know, it, it got out of pocket real quickly. <laughs> so this one, trying to get it more organized and more straight to the point. We are booked up with Sikhe Bolani's, like I said, we are the ones we need. So on the outside, it says it's the war on black professionals in corporate South Africa I feel like that that sums it up pretty nicely because it's about Sikhe Bolani's personal experience working in corporate South Africa. So she worked in a bank and this book is basically about her experience working in the bank. She touches a bit about um, her personal life, her mother and how her child was conceived. She has a daughter and it's weird that as much as this book was not about the daughter and her mother, I found myself more curious and gravitated towards that part of her life only because I felt like her mother was strong her mother was resilient herself as a woman as well Sikhe she went through a lot as a mother and um becoming Sikhe I think also um so she touches a little like really like it's not much about her personal life and how work was affecting her at home with her child and her schooling and I found myself more um, invested in that than the chaos that was happening at work. So without giving too much away about this book, it's basically about her experiences working in the bank and how corporate, well, the bank that she was working in, I don't want to generalize and say corporate South Africa, but the bank that she was specifically working at, how white it was and how male it was and how it's not not actually I'm gonna use the word exploited and how exploited she felt 
Edward, even though those were not the words really used on the book, but that was the tone given in terms of money. She, 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 she also wasn't paid what she felt like she was worth. Um, the treatments as well. Um, you know, when you are in corporate spaces, I think that's also like something I can relate to when you're in a corporate spaces in terms of racial differences, they are, there. we don't speak about them because we try not to acknowledge the fact that there is a racial line at work, um, in terms of management as well, in terms of our colleagues and whatnot. So she spoke a, a, a tad bit about that and she made references. I mean, she named people, she shamed people on this book, which I thought was cool. And it was just her mere experience working there at the bank from, you know, having a racial campaigns, not campaigns per se, but having a raised a racist person perform at the bank and having that be a thing, you know, having her being overworked and whenever she would raise an issue in a case of, you know, mistreatment or, you know, something that is unjust, it would actually be used against her. So if you had an issue with the HR person, the HR person is actually friends with the person that you're reporting, or even if they're not friends, but because they're white, they're going to side you know, together and then you're going to be the problem child. And I feel like that's actually quite true because HR is there for the people, human resources, whatnot. But if we're being honest, HR is there to protect the company, not the employees per se. And that was her a whole experience and a half and her having an opinion, her having a voice and um, not just being easily pushed over and not easily taking things made working there a lot more harder um i think when you're opinionated and when you you don't let people use you and you don't let people treat you some other way your mere existence becomes a problem regardless of how good you are at your job regardless of how well you do you know you could be the best person in the organization like doing the most amount of work but the fact that you're not a pushover, the fact that you're not just Jay, you know, willing to be fucked with or played with, you become a problem. So that was her whole experience. My book club actually overbooked ZA. Go check them out on Instagram. We actually read this, I think, two years ago. Um, and I had read it prior to that. I think I had read that a year before we read it on the book club. So for me, I really feel like on entry level people going to corporate this is a very um informative book because it also gives you that notion that you're just there to work um you 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 are this is not your company i think a lot of people misunderstand this thing especially management black management they tend to to be like pets they behave like pets to to like I don't want to use race in this podcast, but they tend to be like a pit and mistreat the other black folks working with them or for them in a way. So for me, I feel like this book was great for entry level people going into the corporates, um, merely based on the fact that there were no solutions. I feel she told us a lot of her struggles and most of them I could relate to. It's issues that are there. I'm I'm not ruling anything out. It's true. I don't feel like she was gaslighting anything. It 
like corporate really is like that but for me i felt i would have loved more solutions like i read um the magna carta someday that had a bit of you know solutions i read the capitalist nigger you know that that had solutions on us black folks being consumers and employees but how can we change that and with Sikhil Bolani's book, that's what my problem was. There was no solution in terms of how do we move forward from this, you know, unjust environment, this toxic environment. And, you know, how do we then, you know, strive to be better than the, 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 the place that we're in. So for me, that was my biggest problem with it. So that's why I feel like entry level, because when you get to a job, you must know you're there for a reason. You came there alone. Don't be you know, now a freedom fighter, <laughs> you're trying to, you know, don't, you're not there for that. Personally, I feel that, especially for somebody that I feel like I'm not in corporate for a long time, I'm just there for a good time. So even when it's not a good time, I make it a good time so I can just keep it pushing. So for me, I felt like this book could have used more solutions, but I understand why it was like that because it was her personal experience working at the bank. At the end of the book, she left and she wrote this book and then left and i know i've actually sent her a dm before i think a year and a half ago speaking to her about this book and wanting to talk about it on my youtube channel which never really happened because i was very mean and i was in a bad space and i just couldn't do anything positive at the time so i ended up not posting that video that i had recorded but i had her give me an input on it and she did tell me that no, it is because of her personal experience. That's why it came the way that it came. Because at some points, it felt more like a rant. You know, when somebody's complaining, it felt like more of a rant. And I would say that was a good two-fifths of the book that felt like that. So she did mention that she's writing a second book. She is a motivational speaker now. She's writing a second book where she is... Um, empowering people especially black women because i feel and also she feels that we are the most taken advantage of in the workplace so she's doing that and i'm i'm happy for her so i can't wait for the second book to be released i'm not certain what the title is but this book was well written it was oddly well written but i'm not surprised because she's a she's a an educated woman she's a very smart woman so it was very well written I just think it was the story itself that dragged and became a rant at some point and as a form of complaining and the solutions were, were barely there. But in terms of the grammar, everything else, it was a very nice book. I enjoyed the first half, like I said, because I could relate to it and I could understand where it was coming from. But I was hoping for more solutions by the end. And her solution was leaving her job. So as a personal book, like for Usikle Bolan, it's amazing. But as a read, like as a reader who would like a nice story at the end or a solution at the end, this was not it for me. So I would give it a three out of five. And I would recommend entry-level people to read this. So high school kids because i feel like also before you start a job we all glamorize how a job is going to be like we all glamorize you know what i'm gonna work hard and you know i'm gonna be here in, in a certain age like when i'm 25 i'm gonna be bowling i'm gonna be wow this is a nice reality check i feel 
this is a nice reality check that I feel like youngins should read. Literally in high school, university, this is the best time to read this book because if you you incorporate 10, 15 years in, you already are aware of the challenges that she's facing in this book. And because there are no solutions, by the time you're done reading it, it's just like, oh, you just pointed out something I was aware of. Now what? You know? Um, so I feel like maybe if you, you, you've been in corporate for like a good 10 to 15 years, this won't be a great read, but I am certain that the second book that she's writing is going to be because she is there now giving people techniques and ways how to improve themselves and how to, um, make the best out of working in a, a very white and a very male corporate space. And, um, I think that one will be more for that audience, the the older audience, the audience that's that's been in the corporate space for a while and, you know, struggling. I think our mental health is a mess because of work. To top it off, you have a job, but, you know, you can barely pay your bills. Some people are in debt. You, you do have a job, but it's almost like you have nothing to show for it. You're just surviving with this job. You're not thriving. You're not succeeding you you're not traveling the world you're not you know you're not you're not driving a mercedes you're just there like literally you're just surviving off of this job and i feel like the second book will be well suited for an audience like myself and people who have been working in corporate for quite a while but i i like the fact that because it's such a like a like a wake up call of some sorts because it's that way, if you feel like the corporate space is not your calling, the best time to, you know, take a risk and move on, the best time to, you know, push your passion and chase after your pipe dreams is when you're a tad bit younger, when you don't have as many responsibilities as you normally do have at the age of like 30 or 40 like you have a car you have a bond you have 100 million children you have a spouse you have whatnots black tax never and never ends so while you're young i feel like this is the best time to take risks in terms of work money and corporate and pushing your passion and whatnot so i love this for her the fact that she was able and she's she's in her 30s she's fairly young as well She's in her 30s and she has a child. But I love this for her that she was able to write this book, have it be a success, and then move on from the corporate space because it was toxic for her. So that's why I say her personal life for me is more interesting than what happened at work, which is what she wrote about. Because her personal life is how she overcame. It's how now she's living her best life. It's how now she's a better mother because mentally she's in a good space. And her mother as well, her mother was very helpful in this book. Um, her mother was very headstrong. You know, she was there for her every step of the way. So I would like a bit of insight. I know some people don't want to share their personal lives like that but i felt like that was more interesting than the actual book merely based on the fact that you know it was just there with no solutions but it's a beautiful read um it was a very beautiful and easy read i, I think at just some point it became i don't know stagnant at some points you know I've, I've been saying this over and over again though um, so yeah, it's a, it's a three for me, but I actually really admire this woman 
and i really love her authenticity t t t